0: Go ghost town, it's to Motown, with your sound, you in the blink, gonna bite the dust, and fight with us, with your sound, you kill it, so don't stop, get it, get it, until you
1: chatty, hit it, watch the way I navigate.
2: CITR 101.9 FM. This is Ink Studs, the radio show about comics. This week we are joined by Mr. Steve Rolston, creator, creator writer, artist, drawer, inker, Other letterer. Guy who does things. Does things? Puts things on paper. Um. It is, what's the date today? It's the 5th? 6. 6. Yay, 6. Thursday, 6. About uh, 5 past 2. The clock says 5 past 1 here, but... Daylight savings and all that, y'all. It's actually five past two. The one on the mixing board. Um, we were just listening to the Gorillas. You like the Gorillas? Why do you like the Gorillas? Gorillas are cool. Well, they're animated. That, that's a plus. It's just good music. Jamie
3: Hewlett. Jamie Hewlett. I love the Hewlett. Both from the old Deadline
2: UK comics days. It's the tank stuff. You guys there. Yep. Yeah. I still love that stuff. I just wish he'd do comics again. the The, the artwork of Gorillas is great, but nothing quite the same as having that comic in your hands and
3: that's that's true but i mean they got some cool like other things you know got the video game versions on their website and all that kind of cool stuff oh Can't i haven't do just in comics
2: i haven't played the video games
3: i haven't tried them all i haven't checked it in a while but they got some cool stuff going on
2: so mr Rolston is should i say mister
3: no that feels too uh, formal yeah just steve steve
2: steve just steven St- steve steve rolston.com Whatever. you there <laughs> yes let's let's we got to tell her steve com. we'll keep saying this throughout the show uh vancouver artist who uh is pretty internationally known actually um sure. you have some published some people know me some people know you two
3: two people in finland you know maybe a couple in europe or other places a couple of limeys yeah. maybe someone in africa has heard my name i don't know
2: <laughs> ah steve rolston um some of the series you have out um, published, and we'll talk about those. And then we'll also talk about your project you're working on. Um, what was your first thing? You've got you've got a stack of stuff here. We've got Mech, we've got Pounded, we have Queen and Country, Jack Spade, Beep Boop, Beep Boop, Beep Boop. Um, one Bad Day. Um, what was your first among the stack? Let's kind of talk about. Uh, that a well,
3: bit. the very first would have been Jack Spade and Twenty Two Fist, which was uh basically some. Web comics turned into mini comics, which I did back when I was sort of making transitions from storyboards to comics. Uh, so it was like my own creations, cartoony guys, you know, two guys who like to get drunk and have bar brawls, and one of them is a penguin. So,
2: not very highbrow stuff, but... No, and one thing I noticed is actually, you know your beer, don't you? I enjoy my beer. I do not say I know it. But you enjoy it. Okay, you enjoy your beer. And, and in, the, in the comics field, sometimes that's either a bunch of people really do or people don't. And it's it's nice for me to read comics where they're actually talking about beer and they know what they're talking about so you you know he was very upset that he couldn't get honey lager anymore these these guys like their microbrews they don't want any of that
3: watered down mainstream stuff
2: that's there's a difference then there's the feeling the next day that's different too this is true yeah. your hangover off microbrew compared to bud light yeah keep the chemicals to a minimum yeah don't wrap your body too much with the, the cool. big stuff so you did too many comics of Jack Spade in 22 fist a uh a friend, two friends, a penguin, and a, and a mean gruffian. That's right. And then the separate issue. So when did you put out the uh, number three as a full-size comic? Well, the uh,
3: section on number three is it's a new number one. Oh, really? Uh, it's basically collects the, the early mini comics as well as a couple of short stories I did for some small press anthologies. I oh, basically okay. wanted to put everything under a, one cover because no one could would be able to track down the old mini comics. I was just lucky that the store happened to have them. You or are a lucky man.
2: I'm a lucky man. man. That's what a lot of people are saying. Lucky Robin. Um, and then after that, what, what else we got here? We got
3: pounded. Yeah. Well, the next thing, my first actual proper comic book gig was Queen and Country. Oh uh, wow. Which is what I, what I did after Jack Spade. Um, that was for Oni Press uh, with writer Greg Rucka. It was sort of Greg Rucka was kind of new on the scene then. He'd done Whiteout, uh, with graphic novel for Oni, but that was about it. Whiteout was really good too. Like oh, it was awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I remember when it came out. Everyone's like, Wow, who's this?
3: I mean, he'd been working as a crime novelist for several years, so he had, like, five novels or something under his belt by then. He's but actually done quite well as a crime novelist, too. Oh, yeah, and he's still doing his crime novels now. He's got Queen and Country novels as well, and it's just a big part of his life. But now he's also doing writing
2: Batman and Wonder Woman and all that stuff, too. Um, With Queen and Country, it's pretty separate from the rest of your stuff, uh, because it's, well, it's a spy book, Queen it and is. Country being about the English... The British MI5,
3: is it MI5? MI6. MI6. MI5 MI is also involved in some of the storylines, but MI6 is the, you know, the spies with the guns running around, sort of.
4: So, did you have, uh, were you interested in the spy genre before getting this book?
3: Uh, not so much. Um, it wasn't really a genre that that paid too much attention to. I mean, you know, seen the occasional James Bond film or whatever, uh, but I kind of went into a cold flip with but, uh, I mean, Squinty Country is actually sort of very largely inspired by an old BBC show called The Sandbaggers, uh, which I think only lasted a couple of seasons. Uh, and Greg Rucka kind of grew up watching The Sandbaggers, so this is kind of like his, his, love, or his, uh, his love letter to his old favorite TV show. So he based a lot of it on this. So he actually bought me a DVD of the old show so I could sort of get the
4: feel for it. Was it difficult making the transition from doing your own work to working on, a, on another script? Not really, because I hadn't really done that much of my own stuff to, at
3: that point. Because I mean, I've be, been working in storyboards for animation, and that that's working on like, that's nothing of your own. That's just mm-hmm. working on your script, other people's designs, and, you know, you, it's storyboards. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not near, nearly as satisfying as comics. So to go from that to stuff like Queen and Country is so much more creative freedom visually for me, um, being able to draw in my own style. And, I mean, it's just, so that was kind of. Didn't really affect me, but working from another person's script.
2: So also, at that point, my writing wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, were you given a lot of free rein as far as as the art in it goes? Like, how strictly scripted was it? Uh, and like editorially wise, because that's your first real major published stuff. So, like, as far as the publishers with it, were they kind of like they trust you because of your storyboards, or was it? Um,
3: they well, they'd seen uh, they'd seen the Jack Spade stuff. Um, so they knew that my storytelling was clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could you know cinematic flair or whatever. Um, but I mean, they still they still took a fairly big gamble on me because I hadn't really didn't have anything under my belt that was even close to the Queen of Country stuff. So they, they took a gamble, but it paid off and they were happy with it. Um, and I think throughout the whole thing, there's only maybe two panels that that Greg asked me to change um, oh, the, wow. the shots on. It was just to get a one was just to get a better shot. Uh, for better emotional impact for the emotional impact that he wanted for that scene um the other one was uh what was the nudie pose so we, we spent a long time talking about that one.
2: <laughs> hey, Oh yeah now looking... colin's looking at it yeah, colin wow that's some here we are with a what 128 page graphic novel and colin on the snap of a finger gets that nudie pose <sighs> well it's it's a skill you've heard it here first <laughs> colin's skill Tracking down the nudie shots. You ever uh, after that? Did you? Was that it for your interest in spy stuff? Or did you get into any other spy thing? Um, I didn't really. I still read Queen and Country. It's yeah, my, I know it's so one you, of my favorite books. You did number fifty of that. Number right? 25, twenty-five. Twenty-five. They brought sorry.
3: me back for, which was sort of a double-sized uh, special issue where the lead main character Chase, goes on vacation. Um, so that, that was fun, and it was also good to draw the characters again now that my my art had improved.
2: Uh, like, by leaps and bounds. <laughs> was that kind of neat for you ben, to be able to see, like, you know, here's the old queen and country, and then here's this kind of new type? Was it that considerable difference? Because I haven't actually had a chance to look at the 25. Um, what was the question? <laughs> I don't know. I was wondering, like, the, the feeling of being able to, like, put your stamp on there again with, like, more... You know, your your newly your more developed skills and abilities. Okay, go in with a more honed. Yeah, it's, that kind of feel good to like get that in there. It, it was
3: good because like when I look back at the first vo- first volume now, I kind of cringe. I love the drawings just because I've just improved so much since then. The quick shoving it in my face, Cole. I don't <laughs> want to see it anymore. Put <laughs> um, it away. So it was it was good to just go back and show the fans. You know, I'm better now. Right. it was also just you know, cool to draw the characters again and, and because they changed the artist for every story arc I'd seen all these different interpretations so I was actually able to sort of t- take little elements the, the, other, uh, the other artists put into the characters and sort of meld all together in a new
4: way did they provide you with reference material to draw from for, like the exotic locales um, Google provided me with uh, what I needed <laughs>
2: uh-huh. there's this great TV show I recommend if you ever get into the spy thing, uh, Spooks it's a British TV show. I, I saw
3: opinion. ads for that, but I never actually watched it. Excellent.
2: Yeah. Yeah, within the first couple episodes, someone gets boiling oil poured on them. Grue. <laughs> <There was some laughs> medieval. They, they went pretty nasty. It was good. It was like James Bond, only nasty. So, I like it. Um, how did you get that gig? Because you had Jack Spade, Tony Two Fist. You said you're doing some storyboards.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I've been doing storyboards um, for some, you know, kids' cartoons. Um, Which know, ones? Like brain-numbing stuff. Like what? Like what? Uh, Rescue Heroes. Oh God. Uh, P. B. and J. Otter. P. B. That's. I don't, fat, I don't. know that one. Fat Dog Mendoza, Doug. Doug. Um, fat dog mendoza fat dog mendoza is based on some indie comic I'm not sure if it ever got aired or not I, did, I we did storyboards for a bunch of shows that just never
2: even made it to air now was it fat with a ph or with an f it was a F. he was a big round fat
3: dog <laughs> not oh he like was an fat. actual dog he was an actual dog oh yeah he oh. was
4: like a circle with little stubby legs and a tail and I've
3: he ate s- spaghetti or something I can't remember
4: <laughs> I've seen Doug uh, how can you work on that stuff without having your soul utterly destroyed um, you can't.
3: <laughs> that's why I went Have to comic books. Have you
2: gone through a karmic reincarnation of having to do super indie stuff just to kind of cleanse yourself? Um,
3: not so much. I mean, it's not even the indie thing. It's just my own thing. I mean, that's that's why I had to do Jack Spade. Because I was like, why should I work on other people's crappy sh- stories when I can work on my own crappy stories? Mm-hmm. Um, so I did the Jack Spade thing. And then I, qu- I qu- basically quit my job to start, try and pursue the comic books thing which then meant I spent a year unemployed before the Queenie Country thing came along. So eventually it worked out. I still haven't got my answer. How did you get the gig? Uh, By hassling the only press guys. Really? Basically, I, I was hanging out on their message board on the internet for, so, so, for several years, because I'm a big fan of Oni's work um, and the stuff they, they put out. Um, so I got to know the editors through the message board. I go down to the big San Diego convention every year, and I get to meet them face-to-face. I had my own website that I kept updating with my artwork, so they, they'd see my stuff, see my progression. Um, and because they got to meet me and hang, know me a bit, you know, through the internet and whatnot, they knew I wasn't a total flake or uh, you know a jerk or whatever. So that helped, nice. I think.
2: It's good um it seems like a pretty good gig because greg Rucka since has like gotten a lot of acclaim oh yeah he's, so, he's one of the big top guns queen and country is a constant seller and it's actually like pretty decent price trade too sure it is, is it? As, a, as a shopper 1195 yeah. US. us yeah compared to most stuff that's like what four issues in there yeah or five four. four issues in that one yeah. yeah that's decent price and well worked for the quality so we had Queen Country and I'm gonna presume Pounded was your follow-up to that. Uh yes, yes with, it was. With Brian Wood. Now at that point Brian Wood wasn't his, another person who was still kind of on the cusp yeah, of acclaim he'd, and he'd done Channel Zero, which was his own thing for, for Image. And I
3: think he was he was like writing some Generation X stuff for yeah. for Marvel at the time. Um so he he wasn't too well known, but I, I knew his, some of his work. Um I think he may have just done Couriers. No, or maybe I can't. Couscous Express. Couscous Express. Yeah, that's that was one thing. I was actually uh, did some character designs for Couscous because they considered me as an artist for that. Nice. Um, but it, it didn't work out. So um, I think they took a few different art artists before they found one that was going to work for it. Um, but since since that didn't work, Brian and I talked about doing something else. Um, he showed me this idea and I loved it, so we did
2: it's pretty neat it's um reading it it's one of the few comics which is a vancouver comic like brian wood's not a vancouver guy but you made it so vancouver like oh there's robson and thurlow yeah yeah there's the art gallery the the uh apartment the penthouse apartment that looks like a vancouver apartment it is in an actual West End.
3: it is a specific one it's yale town actually okay yeah so i was like went down there taking photo reference you
2: know Putting a digital camera up against the lobby windows to see what the elevator looked like inside. Nice. Yeah. It's pretty neat, though, because, like, I don't know, like, maybe some, some mini-guys, like, I'm sure, Colin, yourself, you've used Vancouver as a setting because... Oh, yes. Your auto-bio. Yeah. But as far as, like, outside of um, small press, there isn't much, you know, I think Spider-Man was in Vancouver. No, X-Men. I think they were in Vancouver once. Yeah, they were probably recruiting for Alpha Flight. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, Alpha Flight. And there's probably snow here. Actually, I noticed that. There was snow impounded. Yeah. There's never snow here anymore. It's, it's, it snows
4: two days a year. It's Occasionally. <laughs> I don't know about this year. It made for a good visual element. It, it, it snowed in March here. It did? I rem- yes. I oh. remember in the middle of the night because I had no heat. That's the thing. is, I, I think by the time I woke up that day, it had melted. It does yeah. that. It, it was melted by 8 a.m. I just woke up at like 3 in
2: the morning like it was just hardcore now, so no pounder was good um any more in the future with brian wood uh actually that's not, the same with rook there's,
3: there's nothing planned uh with either of the guys but i mean i definitely want to work with them at some point i just you know when the right thing comes along but i also got a bunch of my own ideas that i want to get through first and and there's also trying to balance the the paying gigs with the uh solely creative satisfaction gigs because they're not always the same
4: yeah which would be a good segue into. Uh, oh, well, just, oh, I just wanted to, to clarify one thing. Um, for for the aspiring cartoonists out there, um, your images of Vancouver, which are very well done, uh, just want to make clear you use photographs, but you don't you don't trace.
3: Right, I, I don't trace. I just take photographs so I can see all the, the details and, and get all that stuff. There are a few rare times where I will I will light box and trace over, like say that line of a cityscape. Um, just because the cityscape is, first of all, it's so detailed and it's also so definitive um, of you know that of the city. sometimes I would I would do that. So but like for only, this, I think picture of New York. That picture, yeah, that picture of New York, I, I traced out the buildings. So mm-hmm. that's, that was a tricky one to do it just by eye- eyeball. Right. Um, but if it's a sp- 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 like just a building, specific building or anything, I won't trace it because first off, that's it's a little bit of cheating. It's also usually. I want to tweak the angle just a little bit so I want to get the exact angle and composition I want for my shot. Um, I could, tr- you know, trace off a photo, but I, I prefer it's to avoid a- that whenever possible.
2: You kind of lose that creativeness, you know, yeah. that spark. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. It's getting a little stuffy in here, so I'm going to open the door while we're having the break. The phone's really noisy. We're going to play Kupek. Yes. What's Kupek? Kupek is Brian Lee O'Malley's one man band, he's a compo card. Good connection to the comic show, Ink Stud CITR 101.9 in Vancouver. We are uh, sitting here with Steve Rolson and we'll be back in, I don't know, 3 minutes and 47 seconds.
0: All the kids can't take the. Stop their dancing in the streets they stop putting buttons on their bags they stop drinking booze and smoking facts because they realize that they'll never be cool or else it's just me and i'm a fool but if there's one thing that i know it's that we're right to take it slow from vancouver to halle halifax the kids are having bad Attacks. They're writing all about their days To make the uncertainty go away They stop jumping around in Brammer town and Crying all day in my And I will kiss you in to Toronto Or if I have to in Providence or Chicago Go, go, go Can't stand the cold They started to admit they're growing old They started taking notes and making lists They started to regret the things they've missed Because they're thinking life goes by so fast Or else it's just me and I'm an ass But if you leave me, I don't know what to do Because I'm getting used to life with you i will getting, I'm getting you
2: CITR 101.9 in Vancouver. We are joined by Steve Rolston. Uh, If you want to call us and tell us how much you love us, it's uh, 604-822-2487. That's UBCCITR. We're in Vancouver. If you're listening online, www.citr.ca. And if you're interested in Mr. Rolston's stuff, Steve Rolston, Esquire, it's uh, Steve Rolston, S T E V E R O L S T O N. -N 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 dot com dot com right. not dot ca not dot co dot uk not dot com I, th- I think I own dot net too I can't remember but you know dot com is a big one I noticed that uh, someone posted on your live journal that they own inkstuds dot yeah I saw
3: that too should I assume I don't know who that is but I think it was
2: inkstud was it I don't know no you gotta have to rumble with them yeah it. we're the only real inkstuds not that Daniel Klaus guy for those of you who don't know, the Young Studs name came from a uh, Daniel Klaus comic about how women should go with cartoonists instead of rock stars. It's a good right. one. Yeah, I highly recommend it. A little self serving, perhaps, but yeah. I think he's married. Oh. But still, you know, maybe he had his low periods. We were just talking about Pounded, Queen and Country, um, Jack Spade and 22 Fist, and we have here one. Bad Day. Um, lost Souls in Love. But I mean, we can't even buy that anywhere. It's just cool yeah. looking. You can you can read it on my website. Oh, Colin's stealing it. Hey. Oh, no. That was my only copy. There's no smut in there, Colin.
3: It's, it's just the nice, quiet romance. It's not, it's not dirty enough for you. Yeah, he just
2: lost interest. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, we're going to start rumors. And then we also have to make sure we talk about your latest project, which is... The Escapist. The Escapist. From what it sounds like talking to you about it earlier, this is probably one of the things you're most stoked about that you've worked on. Am I it, correct?
3: It's it's pretty awesome. It's uh, Well, it's written by um, Brian K. Vaughan, who's one of my favorite writers right now. Um, he's a guy who writes Why the Last Man, Runaways, Ex Machina, a bunch of other great comics. Um, so being able to work with him is great. And it's it's an amazing script that really ties a lot of great stuff together in a cool way. Um, and it's... it's, and it's Basically a spin-off of the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel by Michael Chabon. The novel is uh, The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, uh, which is a really thick book, and it took me a while to get through it, but it's just a brilliant novel. Um, about two, two comic creators back in the 30s who created Superman-ish. Uh, superhero. I mean, it was back in the day when everyone was trying to do a Superman, because that's what was ba- making all the big bucks. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they, they created the Escapist, um, and so the novel was about their career and all the troubles they went through. Um, and this 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 comic, uh, the Escapist, is basically about it's present day. Um, you know, three twenty-something kids uh, get, get the rights to the Escapist and try to do their their own. You know, you know, basically you relaunch it um, in present day. Um, so it's it's largely a comic book about these characters, um, but it's also about the comic they're doing, and sort of has comic pages within the comic. that sort of, it all ties in and meshes well together. And it's, there's also a lot of um, clever hints and nods to the to the novel without having to have read the novel. But if you've read both, you'll be even more. Yeah. ecstatic Inci- insightful yes yeah.
2: it's pretty neat like looking at it it's a very unique style now the first issue that one is by philip bond that's right He was who, the original uh, artist we we're both uh lamenting that we don't see enough stuff by him yeah earlier he's he's, he's easily one of my favorite artists i think um kill
3: your boyfriend uh no. which is probably like 12 years old or something That's probably. Yep. S- might still be my favorite comic book
2: of all time. It's a, it's there for a lot of people. Uh, Robin Fisher, who so hosts the show, did her article in Discorder called "Kill Your Boyfriend." Yeah, uh, is that a British comic? Well, it's it's it, Grant Morrison. It, it, was, it
3: was Vertigo, oh. but it was about it was set in Britain. Wow.
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, but yeah, the felt on Bond did the first issue and couldn't. Keep going yeah, there's,
3: there's scheduling pro- problems. I, mean, I don't know all the details, but they um, they needed someone to replace them, so they brought me in. Uh, apparently, Vaughn had already been considering me for it. Um, wow. But they decided they went for uh, Philip Bond instead. So when that didn't work out, they called me up. I, nice. was, I was ecstatic to do it. I was like, ooh, get to follow in Brian, or Philip Vaughn's footsteps. Yeah. And, uh, so that's worked out. And I'm trying to, you know... Adjust my style a little bit accordingly. It's sort of make it eas- easier transition on the readers to go from one style to the other. Um, so leaning towards his style is it's it's such a great for me. I, I love because I love his style. And it's kind of always inspired by his work. So it's just pushing me in,
2: in good directions. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing about the book is you're doing it with uh, it's interspersed with panels from the comic or pages from the comic. That's right. By Mr. Jason Alexander. Now he's not a big name. Not yet. Uh, not yet. He, he will sort be. Of is. His style's pretty much um, Kent Williams in 2006. I think that's the best way to describe it. Sure. Very influenced, Well, he's got the same agent as like him, John Muth, uh, yeah. local guy Jamie Tollickson, Dave McKeon, like all that same yeah. kind of style. Um, you know, dark, gritty, scratchy
3: stuff. It's it's really nice. Yeah. Um, he's totally different approach to drawing than I have, which is a nice sort of contrast for this, I think i love his stuff and he's he's gonna i think he's gonna be pretty big in the next couple of years so he's got a lot of stuff he's working on right now
2: well he's in those ashley wood um books the, the pop bots pop bots Swa- no not Pop-Bots. swallow swallow there's, yeah there's, i haven't bought them because they're like 40 dollars and I have, I have the first one
3: um i got the second one on order it's it was a pretty cool um yeah so yeah jason was in i think i forget which issue of it but yeah that's that's good exposure He's also working on some graphic novels and some painted stuff that's going to come out in the next couple of years, I think.
2: How do you find that? The um, Does that kind of change your, your drawing style when you know that it's going to be... Like, other than, you know, following the footsteps of uh, of uh, Philip Bond, having someone else whose stuff is interspersed in there, does that kind of make you go for a more, like, clean, like, aspect of drawing, like you've got a more... Sim- more yeah. contrast. More contrast. Yeah. I,
3: I think it would have if I wasn't already so clean and, and <laughs> yeah, non-detail oriented or whatever I am. Because I, I think I'm already as much of a contrast as you can get. So if if, if I was closer to him, maybe I would have pushed in a cleaner direction. But I didn't have to make that decision.
2: It's they're they're gorgeous though. I really look. I'm gonna pick this up when it comes out because the escapees I was mentioning this earlier. It's just they're so pricey. They look great, but it's just so much. But you Yeah, know. you're talking about the, the anthology, which yeah. actually no longer exists. So,
3: yeah, this, this for those who don't know, this story is going to be a six-issue miniseries launching in
2: July. July? Oh, okay. Yep. That's pretty soon. Is uh, it solicited yet, or is it solicited? Not yet. Not uh, yet? I think okay. it
3: will be solicited in, like, two months or something. I'm not sure.
2: Well, it's already April, so it might be the next previews. Yeah, it might be. So, do you hear that, people? order Escapist, and also visit SteveRolson.com. Um you do classes you have I do. i'm a teacher you're a teacher tell I, us about I, you teacher. Know, a teacher in quotations
3: in quotations it's one of those things where we never in a million years would i think i'd be a teacher we can, can we call you
2: dr steve
3: no no I, that would be a lie teach you know, there's
2: too many people calling themselves doctors who aren't doctors of divinity are you a doctor of pharmacology i probably could be but on a, or would i have my degree from the uh, you know Bugs Bunny's uh, School of Laughter. I sure. I don't know. We're I all don't shrugging. know. Yeah, don't do I'm not even being do, do, funny. Do shrugs I, even
3: like make it on the radio? Can anyone tell? I refuse no, to shrug. Game.
2: That's because you're in a constant an shrug, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yes, I, I do teach a course. So tell us about the course. So oh. if people are interested locally, yeah. it's a uh, well, it's at Van Arts,
3: the Vancouver Institute of Media Arts, um, down oh, on Beatty
2: Street. God. Um, t- Someone's yelling.
0: Good, man. How
2: are you? Hi, Luke. <laughs> We're going to close the door. Someone's yelling down the hall. But yelling's fun. Yelling's fun. Hey, kids. So tell us. Well, basically, my, my course is a part, part-time
3: course. Uh, it's three hours on Monday nights for 12 weeks. Um, so it's 36 hours in total. Uh, it's basically, it's it's called intro to comic book production, um, which is a stuffier title than, than it deserves, because it's basically me just... Hanging out and teaching people what the mistakes that I made first time around. <laughs> um because I mean most comic book artists they basically teach themselves unless they can go to forge or afford to go to Jill
2: Cooper School or or some of these other schools. So there's the new one, the um James Sturms School. Really? Yep. In uh I forget where it is, like Virginia or Vermont. Vermont? Oh, I think I heard something about that. Yeah, it's uh pretty neat. Like uh faculty there includes Chris Ware and stuff. Yeah, Chris Ware, WareCall wow
3: wow yeah i mean when i was starting out basically i to teach myself um because i didn't want to go to new jersey now to go to joker so i mean i studied animation which taught me some storytelling aspects but a lot of the comic book stuff like what tools to use and panel composition page composition all that kind of stuff is basically i had to learn from reading other people's stuff and trial and error so i'm hoping that this course will sort of get rid of some of the the trial and error and i can sort of put Push them, you know, past a few of the hurdles that, that kept slowed me down in the beginning. Um, it's also one of the, I mean, one of the main things is storytelling. Storytelling is, like, the key part of comic books. I mean, being able to have, um, tell things clearly so the reader can catch it right away without having to, like, overthink something that's not clear enough to them. Um, that's what I really focus on. I don't teach people how to draw. I just t- teach people how to Um, you know, position their drawings composition-wise and, you know, camera angles and and pacing and that kind of stuff to make the optimal storytelling experience.
2: Do you you bring in any uh, comic scripts in for reference for as far as, like, doing that storytelling? I I do, because I I basically walk take the students through the process
3: of doing a four-page comic. Um, that's basically what their, their project is. Um, so we go through each of the steps. And, you know, I have them do character design assignment, um, script writing assignment, so I actually bring in some scripts um, from various writers so they can see the different formats that are used, and I teach them those formats. Um, so I show them samples from a bunch of different projects I've worked on. Do you um, ever just get feel like being mean and bring
2: an Alan Moore script and watch them cower in fear?
3: I, I, I've yet to even read one myself, one of his like, scripts, but for tales of how dense they are
2: yeah so no I, it, it, you, I, he'll have two pages to describe one little panel yeah that's that's too much and you know what a good artist they'll get all that all that stuff in there it's pretty incredible when you read the script, read his what he wanted and then like look like especially
4: like the swamp things and stuff sorry i'm derailing i think so that I,
3: would, I think i would just scare the students off completely
4: yeah. so i'm just wondering what influenced you with the the, the clarity of your work um well, I, I think it lar- largely it was because I went into animation,
3: um, mm-hmm. I think I sort of kept that some of those sensibilities. Like, I don't have a lot of like um, shadows or, or rendering and stuff. Like, especially if you look at my own stuff, like the Jack Spade and Twenty Two Fist stuff is very animation um, styled. Um, so, I, I think it was largely that the animation playing a playing a role in that. Because the comics, I mean, I I did read like Spawn comics and Gen Thirteen stuff, which is was a lot especially the spawn stuff and and the max and that kind of stuff that wasn't the animated stuff but so i could have probably gone in that direction if i hadn't done the the animations education so but i mean also you know grew up with some you know tintin and and other stuff like that so
4: Uh, any japanese manga influence
3: um most of i think there's some of that influence in my stuff but it's not conscious it's all you know just through osmosis from seeing stuff around me i don't read too much um japanese comics just because i can't even get to all the north american stuff i want to read
2: yeah i well when i look at your stuff like i see a lot of like um some british influence there well i mean like that
3: that would be like i think the philip bond jamie hewlett stuff mm -hmm. um those are you know big experience um influences on me
2: good influences to have yes can't complain about those yeah better than gen 13 stuff um it's 22. Time for another track? Sure. Nearby. We're we're going to put on. What did I put on? Oh, the White Stripes. Take take take. And uh yeah, here we go. Off uh Devil Get Back? Uh Get back get, Satan. Get behind me Satan. Get behind me Satan. Okay. White Stripes.
1: I was Play so seated.
2: That was White Stripes. You like the White Stripes? Why do you like the White Stripes? They
3: make the good music.
2: <laughs> they make music that doesn't suck, eh? Pretty much. Pretty that's, much. That's as
3: deep as I get into my music you know, discussion.
2: Well, as long as you enjoy it, that's what's important, you know? Um, we have some stuff that we were talking about that we got to remember to cover. You were mentioning your course has an open house coming up. Yes, it does. Um, yeah, the school is having an open house on, when is that?
3: Saturday, May 6th. Um, from ten to three. Ten to three. It's down at, where, where's the address? The address is eight thirty-seven Beatty Street, right um, downtown. Yeah, and they're gonna have uh demos of their two D and three D animation courses, game art um, courses, and all their other stuff. And you get to meet the instructors and and whatnot. I'll be there signing comics if anyone actually brings their comics in. I don't know. <laughs> um, and so that will be good. And then my actually the next uh, my next course actually starts like two days after that on May eighth. Um, so. You, If you want to sign up, you probably want to do it before the open house. But if you're not sure yet, um, my course starts again every four months. Um, So you can always go in, talk to me, talk about what it's about and whatnot. Um, Of course, there's info on vanarts.com about all this stuff.
2: Vanarts.com, that seems like a pretty easy website to remember. Nice and easy is how I like it. And actually, I'll remind people just uh, Inkstuds News. We have a MySpace site now. Yes, MySpace. MySpace.com slash Inkstuds. And uh, pretty soon, I'll be uploading all the uh, journal pictures on there so people can look at the uh, Ink Studs guest book, of which uh, I'll be getting uh, Steve Jarrell one in there soon, part of the guest book. Sure. Everyone that I have on the show that I get a chance to meet, I get them to do stuff. And so I'll probably just bring it to the comic convention on. That would be on April 30th. It's the next
3: Vancouver Comic Con at Heritage Hall on Main Street. All right. Who else is gonna be there I have no idea neither do I but I, w- I will I'll be on the guest list and that's all that really matters maybe you'll be the headliner maybe we'll see you'll have a table yeah I'll be have have a table on the guest wall um, usually there's you know one big out of town guest but we're not sh- we have no idea who that is yet so we'll I'll see. be there maybe in their place I don't know I'll put that's on beer pretend to be Alan Moore I don't know
2: <laughs> you're gonna have to work on your then. accent He doesn't. Alan
4: Moore doesn't have
0: a pretty thick. I also have to work on my crazy. I got crazy. Hey, I got crazy eyes. I'm Alan Moore.
4: I've I've heard uh, Alan Moore speak, and his accent is pretty thick. I think it's Northumbria. It's pretty thick. Northumbria. Northumbria. North Northampton, (laughs) or something like that.
2: Um, and you have some so Vancouver Comic Con, fifteenth Maine, April thirtieth on a Sunday. That's I'll be there shopping. You'll be there signing.
3: That's right. I'm doing sketches and
2: selling my comics and paintings and whatnot. And I just bought some comics. Yes. You know, that I didn't already have. And I'll be buying the... Uh, you should have them already. Now student- you can buy more for your friends. Yeah, buy them more, for your more. friends. Mazel tov. Free comics. And Free Comic Day is on the same day as your uh, thing, your uh, open house. Is it? Yeah. Ah, okay. May six. Oh. So, go, get, go meet... Steve, and then go get free comics somewhere. That's a good idea. Yeah, play six. I don't know. I think there's some comic movie coming out. there. I don't know. Okay, your next project. The other projects.
3: Uh, let's see. I'm also working on an issue of Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
2: Heroes in a Half Shell? They are heroes. They are in a Half Shell. Turtle Power? Go Ninjas. Um, uh, you're the same age, you're, you're 28, right? I'm 28. You're same age as me. So you watched Turtles as a Kid, didn't you? Oh, yes, I did. Oh, yeah, I yeah. thought it was great. And then I finally
3: watched the cartoon a couple years ago and saw how awful it was. Horrible. It was just horrendous, <laughs> man. But boy, did I love it. I yeah. had the toys. Oh, I've, I've still got my uh, Michelangelo toy. I think I got rid of my Shredder action figure, though.
2: You know, a name like Shredder, I always feel uncomfortable with that name. Shredder, to me, is like a really bad wedgie. Sorry. Okay. Awkward I, I, silence. Is this black we're, and we're white? We're not going to talk about your childhood.
3: Uh, you know, no, no. We're are, talking about your childhood. <laughs> I didn't have any shredders in my childhood
4: experience. So. Is, is this going to be black and white?
3: The yes, the Ninja Turtles comic is black and white. It's uh, it's, it's through Mirage Comics, which is Peter Laird's um, publishing company, which does the, sort of the old, you know, black and white, more uh, more gritty style. Ninja Turtle stuff and some of the. I mean, there's also the, the colored license stuff, which, you know, all the other publishers, you know, buy the rights to and sell to kids and stuff. But this is more of the slightly grittier. grittier so, how
4: do version. you tell them apart? The turtles? Well, the, they're color coded, the, uh, the headbands and stuff. But how do you tell them apart in a black and white comic?
3: Uh, in the black and white comic,
2: it's strictly dialogue and which weapons they have. Yeah, it's so weapons, it's, yeah. it's the weapons which really tell the So, Donatello has a staff. Michelangelo has the nunchucks, Leonardo has the sword, and Raphael has the sai. That's right. Yes, I suck. Except Leonardo
3: prefers to call his sword a katana. That's right. Yeah, my, my story I is and that's feel, the Japanese word for sword. So I actually only have one turtle in the issue I'm doing. So my my the story I'm drawing is basically Raphael is drinking in a bar. One of his rival ninjas is also there, um, and they get. Drugged and kidnapped by alien robots, and have to fight their way free, and that's the story. It's Did pretty you awesome. write this story? No, it's written by Stephen Murphy, who's the managing editor over there. Oh. Uh, but it's it's pretty cool. It's 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 also you know it's fighting ninjas, which is
2: something I normally don't do, so stretching myself a little <laughs> bit. It's, it's it's pretty darn fun. And that's something thing I was mentioning during our break is that you use bars. You're one of the. You know, Warren Ellis—he uses bars every series. You know, it's Warren Ellis series, but because at one point, all the characters end up in a bar. Um, but in your stuff, th- it is an active part of your storytelling. Is that at some point, you know, someone's going to end up in a bar. Yeah. yeah, one bad day,
3: there's there's a scene in the bar. Uh, you know, Queen and Country—they're always drinking. Um,
2: pounded. They're at Starfish. No, they're out front. Starfish, and so they're at the. Uh, they are. Pick. Ins- yeah, they're inside both of them. Actually, oh, in yeah.
3: Um. They're also in one scene drinking at the Canby. Nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's just, you know, drinking is what people do.
2: Got to draw it in. That's good. You know, it's, it is a part of society. And I think uh, one one thing, that my big thing with comics is that uh, they get this reputation of being super geeky. And, you know, you can't take a comic artist out. And maybe some of them you can't. But we're social people. Or Well, I'm not I'm not a comic artist. Just... Um, the comic book artists I know, they all love the drinking. Yeah. You're involved in a comic jam, am I correct? Um, An occasional comic jam, not very often. Not very often. This which, is which one are you talking about? Not the one at the uh, Jolly Alderman.
3: I, I, I keep meaning to go to that one, but I've never made it to that one. Um, then there's there's like a, a draw jam at um, it's usually at the Jupiter Lounge on Thursdays, which um, I used to go to a couple years ago. Um, then. You know, the circle of friends I went with stopped going. Now there's new people there. I went there once. Um, it's pretty cool, but uh, unfortunately, it's on the same time as Survivor. So, <laughs> oh. I'm I'm sorry, oh. man.
4: What were we that saying about awesome about cartoonists being geeky and antisocial Hey, we have we have normal people flaws too. Yeah, oh. everyone
2: watches Survivor. Everyone, Colin, but you. Uh, yeah. Bougie watches Survivor. I'm sure. I know he watches The Amazing Race not even one will admit to it but yeah. I watch America's Next Top Model dude I love that show I missed the last episode I have a bit of so It was it was decent it was yeah. decent there's going to be some, some emotional blow ups in the next week I think now are you looking forward to Canadian Top Model no yeah, it's going to be suck. horrible it's going to yeah. be like some newfie with five teeth I'll watch <laughs> it but I don't expect much of it I'm curious who the ho- who are the judges going to be is it going to be like Erica M <laughs> I, I don't know I, I want Terry
3: David Mulligan Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I just want to move on it. You know. I, Maybe
4: I it have, would
2: make no sense, but hey.
4: I have issues Canadian about model. TDM. Nardwar.
2: No. <sighs> hey, we're at CITR. <laughs> the home of Nardwar. So um, comics. Comics, comics cool. Yeah, not, not Canadian top model.
1: So oh. Wh-
4: oh, you have a question, Colin? Well, I was just kind of curious uh, with your career. Uh, you seem to inhabit... Uh, an area between sort of alternative and mainstream? What would you consider yourself more more sympathetic with? Um,
3: that's a tough question because I'm in no man's land. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm sort of like in the area that Oni Press falls into because they're they're not totally like alternative, um, you know, like say drawing quarterly or fan graphics, but they're not mainstream like, you know, Dark Horse or whatnot. They kind of d- cover like any genre that they think is a good without going for the total geeky or going for the anti-geeky and I think I'm sort of st- still have the same mindset as them which is why I mean a lot of stuff I've done is oni press
4: mm-hmm.
3: but I mean I, I'll sway both ways I mean I won't mind doing some on the top shelf at some point but I also want to you know work at DC and Marvel so
4: I'm not sure if I really lean one way or the other Now, yeah. if, if you had a choice of characters from like DC oh that's I do I didn't, expect, I didn't expect
3: that kind of a geeky question from you.
4: Oh, well, want to explore all? <laughs> yes. Want to explore all the the, the angles? Um, well, I mean,
3: some of the comments like I'd like to do a, a story for Mar- like for Marvel. Mm-hmm. If I do something for Marvel, I'd want to do uh, Chamber from Generation X. I guess he's now yes. in the X Men. He's you know, it's teenage superhero. Blew half his face off when his, he got his powers. I mean, he's a nice moody guy. I always liked him. Chris
2: Bachlo creation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like the, fun. The man sounds kind of dark. It yeah, is. It is a little dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the interesting thing. Um, we were geeking out a little bit earlier about our love for Generation X. As bad as they were, they were great at the time. Yeah. Is uh, one thing I read uh, when they were creating that is they wanted ugly superheroes. Yeah, I thought it was great. It's you know you can't have all your mutants
3: who are supposed to be like you know hated by the world and ostracized but you can't have them all be beautiful models you know, that, that doesn't really make much sense and you, just, you miss out on a lot of the good storylines that you would have if, you know if, when you're disfigured missing out their face <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> and it's a good character yes it's, you know at the time it was good stuff um we're nearing the end of the show um any last plugs we got to make steverolson.com yep
3: steverolson.com uh steverolson.com slash sketchblog I just recently started a sketch blog where I'm doing,
2: you know, fun drawings, trying to
3: do some more digital drawings with my tablet. Um, and we
2: didn't even get to mention uh, Beep Boop, your collection of robot girl drawings. And we didn't mention Mech, oh, yeah, your highest-selling comic, I'm presuming, because it is it? Warren Ellis. Uh, I may have been. I don't know. Queen of Country had really good steady sales, yeah. too. But, yeah, Mech
3: was the one I did for Wildstorm with Warren Ellis. Um, my, I guess that's my, my mainstream, you know, notch on the belt. You know, that was that was fun. I got to draw, some you know, robot, robotic, cyborgy stuff, and and then like the the beep boop sketchbook, which is just something I put together myself, um, is just clutching for robot girl drawings. So my girlfriend's always giving me to draw robot girls, so.
2: And that's good. <laughs> that you got that kind of support that your ladies into the into the art and stuff. Do you have
4: anything uh, of your own work coming up? Of uh, my own coming up, something you've written and drawn? No, I've I've got a few ideas for what my next say graphic
3: novel will be, but. In the meantime, I, I have to make money to pay the rent. And, <laughs> and I'm also still undecided on which stories I, I want to do next. You know, I'm, I'm also more of an artist, so it's, writing takes me a little longer than, than it would someone who's a, a full-fledged writer. A little more laborious. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, we're going to play Hayden, Trees Lounge. We're commenting about how all three of us love the movie Trees Lounge. Great. Steve Buscemi. Buscemi Yeah. Buscemi, Buscemi,
4: Buscami. I have no Buscemi. idea. Buscemi?
2: Bushme, I don't know. That that not-so-pretty guy who makes good movies. Yep. He does good movies. Yep, he's going to be in uh, Art School Confidential, um, an appearance in that, the Danny Klaus. A little bit of Insta news on our end. Next week, we'll be joined by indie superstar Jeffrey Brown, who uh, is currently featured in Moam, put out by Fantagraphics, and has a whole thwack of stuff out by Top Shelf. Um, week after that, We'll see. We're hoping we'll have something, and it'll be cool if we do. We have to hear back still. Uh, the 27th is going to be Rick Geary, and next month we're going to have Lost Bros Hernandez. Uh, we
4: are? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, you don't like that? No, uh, nobody <laughs> told me.
2: I thought I told you. Yeah, Lost Bros Hernandez, Danny Klaus at some point, um, Linda Medley we'll be having on at some point, Pete Begg. Uh, all sorts of stuff through our phantographics friends. So, Steve Rolson, thank you very much for coming down. My pleasure. And we will see you at the Comic-Con on April 30th. And now some uh, Hayden. Let's see which CD player I put it in. Okay, there we go.